0: Welcome to the European Social Network podcast series. Listen to the stories and the voices from frontline social services across Europe. How are social services managing the challenges brought by the COVID-19 pandemic? Or how are they supporting people to handle the cost of living crisis? How are social services attracting people into the profession? or promoting innovation to ensure access to quality social services. These are just some snapshots of topics we are going to discuss in this podcast series. Hello, I'm Alfonso Lara Montero, the CEO of the European Social Network, and I'd like to welcome you all to the sixth episode of ESN Talks, a regular podcast to share insights on different aspects of social services policy and practice from across Europe. Before we start, a short introduction uh, about the European Social Network. ESN is a growing community of more than 170 organizations with responsibility for social services in 34 countries. We provide an international platform for exchange and aim to empower professionals and those using social uh, services. Visit our website, www.esn-eu.org, if you would like to know more about our work. With ESN Talks, we aim to highlight the incredible work that social services professionals do to improve people's lives. Today, in today's episode, we'd like to discuss how public authorities, and in particular public social services, are working across sectors to provide the best possible support for people in their own homes and communities, for those children and adults who may have dependency or care needs. Traditionally, this care has been provided in isolated uh, institutional facilities, some of them very large, which hinders people's opportunities to be fully included in their communities. Many public social services organizations are in this journey to transition from a we can say, an institutional culture of care to a more individualized approach in the community, between people overcoming or managing a condition, disability, or life uh, difficulties at uh, the centre. At the beginning of October, uh, ESN, with the support of our members, the Spanish Ministry of Social Rights and the Department of Social Rights of the Government of Catalonia, organized a seminar to discuss how we can further promote the move towards community care across Europe to influence both the, the national DI strategy in Spain and also guidance that the European Commission is preparing on the institutionalization and the transformation to community care. Today, we have invited to two ESN members to explore some of these issues uh, further with them in their own countries. Tara Doheny is a Service Reform Manager at Genio Ireland. How are you doing, Tara, today?
1: I'm good, Alfonso, thank you, and thank you for inviting me
0: to take part in this talk. And Spela Rizun, who is director of BTC Sassabje, a public regional social center in Slovenia. Spela, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? Uh,
2: thank you for inviting Thank you, I'm fine.
0: <laughs> Let's start by discussing what we mean by community care. If I may ask you, Spela, based on the experience that you have and the national context in Slovenia, what... Does community care mean for you?
2: Community care is very important because enable people to live in the way they want to. We can make services for them at their homes, and these people with uh, intellectual disabilities can live uh, independently at home with support uh, they need. So I think that uh, in such way then can continue meaningful
1: lives? Um, Just maybe just to start, I'd just like to say that Genio, we were established back in 2008. Um, We're a European organisation based in Ireland. who assist government, philanthropy and other stakeholders to refocus social service in a person-centred, cost-effective direction. Um, We've successfully worked across some of the most challenging and important social fields here in Ireland, including disability, homelessness, mental health, dementia and addiction. And I suppose our key approach is that people who use services are at the heart of the design um, of reform. So just really in terms, just going back to your question, just like what is community care for me? Community care is when people who are using services are at the heart of the design and the decision making to ensure that their will and preference is taken into account. And that their ongoing supports allow the person to continue to discover their strengths and supports providing supports to help them to achieve their individual goals when they are in the, they are in the community.
0: Spella, can you maybe tell us a little bit about uh, your role and, and explain our listeners how you're working on establishing community care within your organization?
2: On this field, we are uh, working uh, a lot of, European uh, project, so we get funds from uh, this way, not for ordinary uh, budget from the state. We are making a different project with uh, different stakeholders, organizations in our local environment. For example, uh, the last project, uh, on this project, we also get a national reward for innovative uh, projects so um, we uh, cooperate with project Miss Slovenia this is a little bit why with Miss Slovenia we all break down stereotypes uh, and Miss Slovenia help us by, by publish media and local environment that they can see that how important is that people help to other people and they have more canals uh, in the social uh, media. Different uh, societies, different organizations can work with us and help that our clients are more included at work activities and also at social activities in the environment.
0: Spell, you told us a little bit about your role. I was wondering, within your organisation that supports uh, people with intellectual disabilities, how do you practically promote uh, community care on the ground? What type of programmes, what type of activities do you put in place to make sure that people with intellectual disabilities with whom you work are included in the community?
2: We are uh, making different sport and cultural activities, and working activities, and also we have work in our center for severe uh, people with severe disabilities. Uh, our users also make uh, different um, events uh, with music, with dancing, uh, with singing and also are very good at sports, at football. In this year, uh, they won in Special Olympic Games uh, in Berlin and they got a gold medal.
0: Tana, can you tell also our listeners, what is your role as a service reform manager in this in transitioning towards community and home-based care in Ireland?
1: Yeah, so, well, my role really as service reform manager is to work in partnership with government funders to identify priority areas um, of work in line with government policy. Here in Ireland, we have what we call the the Health Service Executive, which I'll refer to as the HSE. And I would work with personnel within their national teams. Then what's happened is the HSE is broken out into six or nine um, what we call community healthcare organisations, CHOs. I do in my role is once we have established with our national HSE, our funders, what is our priority? We establish a grants committee which would include a person with a lived experience and we develop a criteria for funding in line with government policies. So criteria would be awarded, you know, there's different scores, so we'd be very much looking at high scores in consultation and partnerships. So therefore, when we put out a call for funding, we'd be looking for that um, community, CHO, to go out and, and consult with people using services consult with ngos families to see where's the gaps and what they need to do in terms of funding to get from one place to community-based services we also within our guideline our criteria would be looking at governance financial, what it is in the budget that people want. Then what we do is we generally issue that funding invitation for funding and then ultimately we have what we call here in Ireland our general trustees and they have the ultimate final say in any of the proposals that we're putting forward for funding. So once we've got the funding issued and the, the good news has gone out to the successful grantees, then they commence their program at work. But that's really where my support kicks in. I support them. We look at job descriptions. We have information sessions where we bring all funded and non-funded, those who are unsuccessful, to come together for information sessions. It creates a little bit of competition as well, just to make sure that people are doing what they said they were going to do in their application for funding. And we also use that those information sessions as an opportunity to share information and just to get to know all our peers in other parts of the country. Then we do our joint six monthly monitoring visits um, with our funders, uh, and that's an opportunity to review the budget, to, to review the terms and conditions of the contract. How are people moving? So, say for example, um, back in two thousand sixteen, where we had the ten large institutions, we had been looking at the individuals, how many people had moved, what's the you know where have they moved to, how are they been supported? So, doing very deep um, review on, in terms of those monitoring. Um, then we'd also, uh, during the reviews, we'd be picking up any challenges. What's the challenges? What's the bloggers in this work? And what we had developed from all of the challenges was it was lack of capacity, lack of training, uh, with some really good people in the field who'd been nurses for a number of years who'd wanted to provide community-based supports, but they weren't trained to do that. So we engaged um, with a lady called Hopeleet Dickmeyer, who is an expert from Kentucky, who has really steeped in the social role valorization model and um, we pulled together all the challenges where people were coming up against and we developed the training and i mentioned that earlier it's called the Support Itself directed living training and we provided that training nationally to staff who were working on frontline and to senior managers
0: according to the latest available data there's still over one million people living in institutional care in europe why do you think we are not more advanced in providing a community care for everyone who needs it? What do you think we can do uh, about this? And uh, you were referring earlier on to uh, funds by the EU that you are using. What do you think the EU uh, can also do to help you take further action?
2: I think that our society has problems with ingrained beliefs. Uh, believes that about impossibility of our clients uh, to live ordinary life in community. The so, uh, problem, I think, is also that we don't have a common uh, realistic strategy that will take us uh, further when we have community care services in community, We have to have a very good, uh, transparent uh, logistic integration system. So, uh, it's many areas to do when we want that uh, the strategy of the institutionalization goes from words to the action. Very important what to do that more people will live in society that. We are working with uh, children when they're young, that our values will be different, that not capital will be in uh, the main uh, goal for the people, but good uh, relationships with others. Supporting people
1: to move to community is challenging. It's easy to say, but it's challenging work. It really involves strong leaders, dedicated leaders to drive change. So I believe there's a number of reasons that it's very hard, like if you think of a large institution, they have the day-to-day running of an institution, but, you know, to decongregate and to help people to move, to live in the community, um, it's very hard to do that. So I believe, and from our work here in Ireland, um, we've proven that having dedicated leaders, champions of change, people who like to work in this area, freed up from their normal day-to-day work to actually lead and drive these changes. And there's a lack of capacity within services to deliver access to resources. So they really need to look at free and up resources and free and up personnel to lead and drive this work. Our work here in Ireland was really accelerated when services set up a parallel management structure to support community based services. This is where a number of staff would have been trained and supported to work with an individual in a different way. Um, And they called this, we developed a training called Supported Self-Directed Living Training, whereby a staff would work on a one-to-one basis with an individual person just to talk to them, support them in a different way. We called it the discovery process, rediscovering the person. And we had examples from some staff that said, I have supported this person and worked in this institution for 13 years, and there was parts of this person's life I never knew about. So it's really about kind of re-engaging um, capacity building, supporting and staff and training staff to work in a different way and to deliver supports in a different way. And I also think what was a great enabler here in Ireland back in 2016 when we had the Large Service Reform Fund, where we had 45 million to support um, some of the social um, initiatives where HEQA um, had came in, that was our Health Information Equality Authority, and put closure orders on a number of large services so there was 10 of those in Ireland so i applied a bit of pressure and we got involved we provided a small um, funding grants we provided staff training and we also at the same time we applied what we called action research where researchers went in at the very start and just said look what is the challenges what's the implementation challenges what's the government structures look like And we brought that information all back to teams, and we looked at that and said, how can we support these institutions to move to more community-based supports?
0: So like in your countries, of course, our members are mostly public authorities, uh, which are at different stages on the transition from or towards uh, community care. Very practically, I would like to ask you, what would you say to them? What can they do to promote community care at uh, either local, regional or national levels?
1: Well, very practically, I'd seek out champions of change, who's up for the change. I would um, look at individuals and maybe families who are not currently happy with their service and maybe start with those. They're the the most able who want to move, who want change and document those stories, provide the supports to the staff and the ongoing training, link them in with other services that are a bit further along the line or other countries. Um, So certainly setting up those is very important. And really just around that, I suppose, that check and then ensuring that people feel that they are supported and also feel that they have goals to achieve.
0: Spela, looking at the work that you do in your centre, I was wondering how do you think that public authorities and social service providers can work together to implement community care in the most possible, let's say, successful way?
2: Very important is this strategy. And then also funds that are constant because services for people with disabilities is very important that are uh, stable. Then it's also very important uh, information system, uh, also quality uh, measurements, clear goals that we all stakeholders that we want to achieve it, then I think that will be no problem to achieve that uh, in, I don't know, 10 years,
0: maybe. We have now reached the end of this episode of ESN Talks. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Espella and uh, Tara, for joining us to share your experiences of working on this key uh, issue and how we can continue to improve uh, social services in the community for those who need our support. Thank you very much to our audience for listening. If you want to learn more about the work of the and Community Care, follow the links in the podcast description and sign up to our newsletter so you don't miss out to the next episode. Goodbye.